And we're back with more financial insights from Calamos Investments. Here's Anna DeVlantis. Here in studio with us is John Kudunis. He is the president and CEO of Calamos Investments. Welcome, John, and thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, Anna. Thanks for making time. You know, you have such a big picture look at what's going on here, and there are so many questions right now with what's happening with our economy and how it impacts us. You ran a big Wall Street bank before coming back home, your hometown, to run Calamos Investments. I think top of mind for a lot of people right now, John, is inflation. We're all feeling it. We're all seeing it when we go to the stores. We're wondering is this as far as it's going to go? Are we going to come back now a little bit? We've seen some softening, but I don't know what to make of it. What can you tell us? There's there's no question that we have seen some softening. Some of the prices have come down, but it's still out there. It's still very prevalent, and we'll see some inflation uh, numbers come on. I think there's still going to be uh, up in the, you know, in the 8% type level, so it's, it's still out there. Now, uh, energy is the biggest part of inflation mm-hmm. as... Uh, there's been a lot of talk about it. Big chunk I, in everybody's checkbook right now. You're, are you seeing ch- it? I, you know, last weekend I filled up the car. It was over $134. Do you have an know. SUV? Uh, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, because that's the wow factor. When you have one of those big SUVs or trucks, you're like, whoa, it's, how much? It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and I mean, that's a lot of money for yeah. anybody. Um, and so that it's it's impacting people in the grocery stores uh, and everything that they do, going out, traveling. Mm-hmm. If they look at uh, flights, and, uh, it's bad enough they're all getting canceled and, and they can't <laughs> Losing get your luggage. pilots and, and, and uh, 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 flight attendants to work. But it's also the prices of it and hotels. Uh, it's crazy. There's so much pent up demand. People want to go out on vacation because of COVID. They haven't been able to. But it's out there. So now, I mean, the administration has uh, opened up some oil reserves and that has uh, lessened uh, the price of oil and gas a little bit. But that's a temporary a temporary fact. In fact, that sometimes that creates uh, one, you know, one step back, two steps forward in terms of it'll increase afterwards even more than it was before. I mean, we're 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 opening up our reserves and we're selling it to Russia. Hmm. It's ridiculous, hmm. and, and so that's going to come back and bite us. And that's going to, you know, so I'm not sure if inflation has yet uh, reached its peak. Although there's been a lot of talk of it. I just hope so. I'm looking here. I saw a, a price rundown year to year. Meat price is up 14%. That actually seems low to me. I've noticed a huge jump there. Cereal, 12%. Fruits and vegetables, 8%. Gas, an incredible 49% up. And as you talk about travel, you try to buy a used car or anything like that, uh, the prices are incredibly high. How it, it, That leads us to the conversation about the Fed, because this is what they're concerned with. And this is something you have predicted. You've come on this very show and you've talked about it with us and you've you've, you've kind of read the tea leaves on what the Fed is going to do and how that job is trying to get this inflation under control for all of us. What do you think they're going to do next? Where are we? What do you think is the right thing to do, John? Well, uh, what I think they're going to do next is is the right thing. Uh, and, and I think the, the next round is uh, at the end of this month. I think June 27th is the date. I think they're going to raise 75 basis points. Um, the thing with the Fed and what uh, the Chairman Powell's done a great job, he's, he's really telegraphed what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And so when we had to listen to the minutes to see what his next move is, um, and it's uh, it's changing too because, uh, you know, the, the world is dynamic and the data that they get changes all the time. And the thing is that's not the only uh thing they have to control interest rates, right? It's, you know, so they, you know, they have the balance sheet. And people 
they made a commitment that they were going to lower the balance sheet by either letting things mature and run off the books or just outright selling. And, you know, they had talked about doing about um, $30 billion of treasuries a month and about $17.5 billion of mortgage-backed securities uh, a month uh, and, and in terms of lessening the balance sheet for the Fed, which, if they do, will have a dampening effect just like raising interest rates. So they were supposed to start that June 1st. Mm-hmm. What did they do? Well, you know, they only let $10 billion run off from treasuries. Um, and actually, they increased mortgages, and they bought another $3 billion instead of letting $17.5 billion You're off. laughing. So why that was a bad move? Well, it was a bad move. But, you know, what it is is if you looked at mortgage mortgages in terms of pricing to buy a new house, mm-hmm. this affects everybody, especially, you know, first-time homeowners. Mm-hmm. They spiked. They spiked, uh, you know, in fact, they reached close to 7% for a week or so. So what the, the Fed panicked. So what they did is they don't want us to crash and kill the housing market. So they went out and bought mortgages to lower them. So now, you know, mortgage rates are upper fives for 30 years. Which is still historically low, it's even though it makes a difference. historically low, but if you look at it versus a year ago, we were at under 3%. Mm-hmm. Big difference. So it's a big difference, right? So it's still a big difference between uh, last year. And what's that that effect? We'll start to to slow housing. If it gets up radically high, that's going to be really, really bad. So that's why they had to actually buy more mortgages and sell sell more mortgages. So they need to get that right uh, because in order to control inflation, typically in the past, you would have to have Fed funds higher than the inflation rate. Well, Fed funds right now are 1.75%, and the inflation rate's in the eights. Mm-hmm. So that would mean, in theory, we would have to raise rates another six, 700 basis points, which is a lot, which, which is not going to happen. Which would be crazy, I think, for anybody living a normal lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> right? and, and How and could that, you and, afford anything? And you wouldn't, we would definitely crash. So what, what the Fed is hoping, that you know, inflation goes down as they're raising rates, so they can come at Two and a half, three, four percent, and that that is what they're hoping that would happen. Mm-hmm. It's not happening yet, and so people are saying, "Are we in recession? Are we not in recession?" Hold that are thought, gonna John. Crash? I'm gonna. We have to pause here for a second because okay. I do want to ask you about that. There was some positive economic data last week with the jobs report, shocking a lot of folks, which made people say, "Well, wait a minute. What's up? What about all this recession talk? How can we have those many jobs being created and there's a recession coming?" We'll more, we'll talk with John Kadunis, the president and CEO of Calamos Investments. More in a moment. We'll also get to your text because the text line, John, by the way, has been lighting up when you said we're opening our reserves and selling it to Russia. What? Please elaborate. We're going to get to that with John coming up here on WGN. John Kadunas is here, the CEO of Calamos Investments. Clean, clean something up for us here, John. We have a lot of folks on the text line saying, what did he just say? We're opening the reserves and selling oil to Russia. Please elaborate. Yeah, there was uh, actually news out this morning that... Uh uh, they found out that we are selling stuff instead of keeping it all, in, you know, for our country. We are selling some of it to Russia, which is um, which is crazy. And you know, the whole dynamic of the oil and what's happening uh, is extremely interesting, and it affects our uh, inflation too. And people don't realize China as well. China has been shut down; it's reopening now. They're talking about shutting it down because they're taking COVID, in theory, a lot more serious. And the question is, when they're when they're shut down, they're not consuming as much energy and oil. 
So that's part of the, uh, the, the why the prices are down a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. It's because China's been shut down for a while. Once they open up, then we'll get a better idea of really where oil is going to trade. And where you know where the price of gas is going to be. I suppose any relief is some relief, but I heard that in Illinois it's still five nineteen a gallon, and try to get something below five fifty in the city, and that's pretty tough to do. That certainly is. Uh, people are feeling that, so it'll be. We're hopeful about what'll happen next on that front. John Kadunas, can you explain to us about this recession talk? We hear so much about it, and I'm a hopeful person, but I also like to be a realist, and I'm trying to figure out what what you see, and you see all the data, and you're you're able to read these better than most uh, in terms of what we should expect next. Will we dip into a recession? Will it be a slowdown? What do you think? Well, the economy is is clearly slowed down. There's no question. Uh, We could be in this recession right now. Uh, Even the the Fed Powell, uh, the chairman of the Fed, uh, said that having a soft landing is going to be challenging. So if, if he's saying that, you have to uh, imagine that it might happen. Now, at the end of the month, we get our GDP report, and technically, if we have two negative D- GDP reports, that you're in a recession. Uh, it, being in a recession is not the end of the world. In fact, it's better to be in recession, get it over with, and take the pain now than be in this extended inflationary period. Hmm. So if we can you know, tame the inflation... Even though we're in a recession for a few months, I don't, I don't, I don't anticipate it lasting. If we technically are, as, as long as it did when we had a recession in two thousand eight, so it's not the end of the world if we have a recession. Um, it, it, we may need to get it over with in order to, you know, bounce back. Recession usually means jobs are lost, and on Friday we heard jobs were gained. Uh, surprising to a lot of folks, every single sector of the economy added jobs with the exception of government, not what Wall Street expected to hear, not what go- the analysts did either. And that typically doesn't coincide with recessionary data. What, what do you make of Typically that? it doesn't, but jobs are very tricky to predict right now because the, the data is skewed compared to what it used to be in the past. And, and, and if you look at it, we still have less jobs than we did the last time the report came down, even though the jobs you know, numbers were really, really strong. And there's a lot of people that aren't looking for jobs. And that's why we're seeing, uh, th- we're seeing the service sector you know, really suffering right now in restaurants and everything else, pilots. Uh, you know, there's, there's not a lot of people and things are delayed. And, and there's still the supply chain is because, A, either people are still living off the COVID money. People had, uh, you know, in the past re- uh, redid their mortgages, refinanced, so they took money out. So there's a lot of people still on the sidelines not actually looking for jobs. And so um, jobs is not the only indicator of recession. You know, it's growth, and that clearly has been hampered, and, and the economy has slowed down. Got a text here, 708 says, they never talk about the quality of the jobs out there. No one buys a house or plans a future on multiple part-time jobs. Do you think we're settling into a feeling of defeat with a why bother attitude? That's kind of what you're talking about. People are falling off the even searching for a job because the quality of jobs that they're being offered are are, are not what help them, will help them actually live a, a lifestyle and be able to afford a, a house or afford rent and afford food. And so they're they're making other choices. I don't understand entirely what choices they're making, John, but we do see this in the data, people falling off, even looking for work. No, we're, we're seeing that. We're seeing a different sentiment, uh, as you said, and that's it's kind of scary. And we don't know if that's temporary or if that's going to be longer lasting. But there's a lot of people that are uh, don't, 
necessarily want to work as hard. It used to be you work hard, you know, uh, you get the gains from that. And now there seems to be a sentiment that's not necessarily, you know, followed that way. Like we, uh, a lot of people grew up uh, mm-hmm. with that in, in incentive. And there's a lot of people that don't want to go in the offices still. And they're very happy, you know, uh, working from home. Um, and once again, we're going to see how this plays out. I wish I had a magic uh, ball to see <laughs> what's going to happen. But I have a feeling that people need to be with people. And I think that sentiment is going to change again. I think it's it's harder to train uh, younger people in the workforce. I think it's hard to build a culture if everybody's remote. So I think at some point they'll be uh, closer to normalcy, even though we're going to have a little bit of uh, – the Zoom thing's not going away for sure, uh, ever, mm-hmm. but it's going to it's gonna be used, I think, a lot less. Than Go to my neighborhood, the West Loop, on a typical Tuesday, and there's no one working. <laughs> the whole neighborhood is, like, alive. I mean, I don't understand. Maybe they're Zooming from the, you know, the wine bar or something. But it's, it's just, it's a new way of working, and I think it would be good to bring people back even part-time, to get that face-to-face, to get the culture of workplaces going, to get downtown going again. You and I have talked about that as native Chicagoans. would just love to see this city. The energy is here this summer and we'd love to see it continue into the fall. And just want to ask you about your new offices there, prominent sign, Calamos Investments in the Fulton Market. How's it going there? You guys going to be open soon? We're very, very excited. I think it's going to be a great thing for our firm. It's it's one of the hottest neighborhoods, not just in Chicago, in the country. And it's hard to find a more vibrant uh, neighborhood than, than uh, uh, Fulton Market. And so we're hoping to get in the offices by between August and uh, September. Uh, there's been some delays, uh, furniture and whatnot, but uh, we'll get in there. And I think it's a great opportunity uh, for us to have some flex space for some of our employees, some employees that uh, live in Chicago and are commuting out to Naperville, and also being able to recruit uh, from some of our great universities mm-hmm. here that uh, may want to be in the city in a vibrant area. Uh, I think that'll be uh, a great opportunity for us to cast a bigger net for some talent. No doubt about it. That is a great place to be. John Kudunas, thank you for your thoughts today. Thanks for your perspective. Thank you.